Hello and welcome to the Retro Game Time Machine podcast. At the time of recording, it is August 1st, 2020. I am Ash the Newton and joining me through a series of tubes is Andy the Android. Beep, bop, beep. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here. Hello. Hey, that's uh, Android and also uh, made me think a little bit of a dial-up modem sound. Um, I was going to say I miss those days, but I think actually that's that's an absolute lie. I do not miss dial-up internet. No, uh, I miss the sound. Not in the least. Yeah. <laughs> the sound's kind of fun. It's like you're about to embark on... Uh, on an experience that was the World Wide Web, which, I mean, it still is, but I don't know. Things are different nowadays. Yeah, I think that sound actually is the, uh, it's actually dialing into the phone line and actually using tones to actually yeah. connect. I think that's what that that sound actually literally is. It has a purpose. It's not just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, yeah, something I haven't heard in a while. Um, yes. Anyway, all right. Well, dial-up modem sounds. Uh, aside from that, uh, how how's your Saturday shaping up so far? You know, it's it's good. It's it's pretty warm out there. Um, I I find myself getting frustrated when I see the weather report fluctuate by you know two or three degrees. I I shouldn't be, but to me, it makes a big difference. I'm insulted. Like <laughs> like oh, eighty four. That's not too bad. And then I'll check a couple hours later, say eighty seven. Like oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Uh to be actually I haven't even looked at the weather. All all I know here it's it's probably something nice. It's probably low to mid seventies. Yeah. We actually went out for a socially distanced lunch, which was uh Oh cool. Yeah, it was it, it was interesting. I, I um basically you go choose your table, you sit down and someone comes out and sanitizes your table, leaves you with some hand sanitizer. That's also been, the bottle itself has been sanitized. And then they actually hand a little paper slip with a QR code that has a link to their menu that you actually can go. Oh, wow. To. So you use your phone to, to read the menu. I thought it was, it was pretty, it was yeah, interesting. That is interesting. It's the first time I've eaten outside, you know, since shelter in place has started. So wow, um, yeah, I, I don't. I actually, I've not done that yet. Yeah, I, you know, I was wary. I didn't want to, but um, my partner actually kind of pressured it a little, and I kind of <laughs> like, oh, okay, let's give it a shot. Let's All right, goes. but it was it was good. We did. It was a Korean uh, Japanese fusion place. Which oh, was, nice. It was good. That sounds good. Yeah, I uh, I was surprised. Uh, with some pizza and some salad uh, mm -hmm. for my lunch today. It was funny as I was uh, doing some stuff here in my office uh, and was was playing a little bit of stuff earlier. I was like, all right, I'm going to come out because uh, my partner's doing a little bit of painting. Of We have this utility box in our hallway mm. that since we've lived here, and we've been here for like seven years now, um, seven and a half even uh and it's you know well i guess it's utility box is the wrong name for it it's the it's the breaker box sure um and it's just this giant gray thing in our hallway that we've wondered for years like how are we gonna deal with this and cover it and we've just been kind of too lazy to do anything about it and then my partner saw something cool online that inspired her to create this like geometric multicolored design over the top of it 
Um, and so far, I mean, it's, it's she's in progress right now, but it looks really cool. And I think it's way better than just the big gray metal box uh, in the middle of the wall. So that sounds fun. That sounds yeah. really cool. It's a, you know, we've been doing a lot of little things to make the house nice since we've been in it so much. Um, I think a lot of people are doing that. It's interesting. A lot of work being done. Both my neighbors actually simultaneously had construction going on the last week or so. So, yeah, uh, we're, we're also getting a a dishwasher. Finally, we haven't had a dishwasher for over a year and, uh, we're getting that delivered on Wednesday. Finally, I mean, ordered it a while ago and you know, everything's taking, uh, taking a little bit longer to be delivered nowadays. So it'll be nice to have a dishwasher again because the last one we had was not that great. It didn't work very well. Um, it's my first time ever buying a brand new appliance like this. Yeah. Uh, so exciting, exciting adult stuff. I have to give a call out. I've been telling everyone about this. Um, it's so, <laughs> I got a um, this little gadget. And um, it, I'm particularly excited about it. It's a one cup coffee maker. So interesting. It's just like your standard coffee maker, but instead of a coffee pot that you put under it, you actually put your coffee mug. It actually comes with a okay. travel mug that you can put under there, and it just brews about you know 14 ounces uh, of coffee. It kind of varies like how much water you actually put in, yeah. but you know you just use your coffee cup, fill it up, and then put it there and prep it and it's programmable. So, um, I normally do pour over coffee all the time, but I I just kind of got tired of like grinding and heating the water in the morning. I just want something that I can either program or just hit a button and it's ready to go. So nice. Yeah. I've been, (laughs) it's it's a big time adult moment. I'm just like excited (laughs) over a coffee maker. (laughs) Yep. It happens to all of us. We get excited about appliances, uh-huh. coffee makers, uh, you know, all the all the the quote unquote boring stuff from from when we were kids. It, it even has like its own reusable coffee filter that it comes with, but I want to oh, nice. like get disposable ones. But it's roughly if it would have to be about the size of a cupcake wrapper. Like that's how big the the oh wow like the basically the coffee yeah. catcher is. So, I mean, the reusable one's better for the environment, but it does get some, so a little bit of the grits or little grains into your coffee, which is, I could deal with, but. Ah, uh, adds a, a crunchy element to your coffee. <laughs> well, it's just, you get to the bottom and it's just a little sure, yeah, like yeah. murky. It's like, oh, gotcha. Oh. So. Well, that's, that's where all your extra energy comes from is all that stuff down in the bottom. Yes. Yeah. That's energy grinds. (laughs) All right. Well, I think maybe we should move on to talk about video games uh, since it is the retro game time machine podcast and not the adult appliance hour. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, if we can't just play games all the time, (laughs) I know, I know. Go back in time. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, today we will be traveling back to 1998 to discuss uh, Half-Life for the PC. But before we do that, we're going to talk about news. And actually, right before the news, uh, I do want to bring up 
two little things here. Uh, so in, in our last episode, when I was mentioning the Ghost of Tsushima and I said it said something about it being a Soulsborne style game, I was I was wrong. I was totally wrong. Um, I obviously had not seen much or done literally any research about the game. So uh, I just wanted to correct myself there. It, it, it very much looks more like a uh, Assassin's Creed style game, but with samurai and that seems really cool to me um so yeah previously really didn't have that much interest uh thinking uh, of the style that it was with it being a soul sporn game but again it's not um so yeah i might actually end up checking this out sooner than i would have otherwise same really because um i'm a i'm an assassin's creed fan i would say yeah i'm way behind on the series so oh me too yeah. Um, but I, I I played through, and I may have 100%ed the very first Assassin's Creed game. Ooh. Um, yeah, the, the, the most boring one, at least from a story standpoint. But I don't know. There was something about that game when it first came out that it just it spoke to me uh, mm-hmm. for some reason. And I just had to keep playing it and like just do every little thing on the map. But maybe it's because I did it in that game that I'm hesitant to do it in the newer versions of the game. Sure, sure. They they definitely it's it's more entertaining. Um, I don't think anything really those those banner flags that you have to or or eagle feathers like none of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's there. It's just in a better format. So. All right. So anyway, sorry, sidetracked there. But yeah, Ghost of Tsushima, not not what I said it was previously. Um, and the other thing before we get into the news is uh, we're going to be aiming for releases uh, by Monday mornings every other week. Um, and if possible, we'll uh, also announce by the end of each episode what the next episode's game focus will be. So you have something to look forward to. Uh, Maybe even play along as you're waiting for the next episode uh, so that you have a little bit more context as we are talking about our impressions about it. Um, So, yeah, stay tuned to the end of the show to find out what the next game will be. Um, So, why don't we get right into the news and I will let you take it away. Cool. Um, Well, we've got uh, some new games coming to Game Pass. So, uh, this is... Always welcome news. Um, I mean, you know, games do uh, go away after a little while, but the fact that they're there at all, I think, is is really great. Yeah. Um, first up is uh, Yakuza Kiwami, which is uh, I'm sure two. Kiwami Two. I, yeah. Yes, I am mistaken. I didn't know that there were two Kiwamis. <laughs> That's anyway. Yakuza series very confused which games come when. Um, have to play those at some point yes uh same i I have not played them uh either but i have definitely heard a lot of really great things about the yakuza games also we've got the the tourist that's uh on there which is i i'm very i'm it's such an adorable just great little game uh i I picked it up on switch which uh i believe it runs at 720p 60 frames per second and handheld as well uh according to digital foundry and it's definitely a cool looking game. Uh, it's something that's been sitting on my wish list on Switch, but I think now I'll just check it out here on Game Pass. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's just, uh, it's it's really interesting. It kind of forces exploration. Like there's like this sort of money system. You have to like find coins and that kind of allows you to advance. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, a, it's, it, this is a great option for Game Pass, I think, because I think people, a lot of people just need to try it. Yeah, that's that, and that's one of the things that I really love personally about Game Pass is that there are so many really interesting games that, um, maybe don't look quite interesting enough to me because it's not a game that I normally play. Uh, well, not interesting enough in the respect that like, like, I don't know if I want to spend 20 bucks just to see if I even like this game. Um, so it's, yeah, it's been a great place to kind of check out uh, different genres of games that I wouldn't necessarily play otherwise. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, maybe Yaku, Yakuza Kiwami two is, is the, the entry point we need to dive into and just yeah. start playing there. You never well, and, I, and I think there have been other Yakuza games on game pass, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know if there are going to be multiple on game pass now, or if this is going to be the only one, but, um, I'll have to look and see, maybe the time is right to finally check out uh, a Yakuza game. Uh, yeah, and a slight tangent too. There's um, <clears throat> there's a game that's that kind of reminds me of it is uh, Sleeping Dogs as well. Oh and yeah, that's a game that I really really do want to play. That's um, that's almost more like because you play as like a, a a cop in China in a particular time period. I forget where it was, but it's just like it's good. It's it's like a it's almost like a Jackie Chan movie. It's it's awesome. Oh nice. <laughs> um. But uh, also we've got on this list uh, Nowhere Profit, which I'm going to have to research. I, I still don't know what this game I is. Know, I can't tell what it is. It actually uh, looks like a card game, a TCG, really. Um, almost. Anyway, uh, and uh, F1 2019, which, again, I would probably never, ever pay money for, but <laughs> I would yeah, probably no, it, try. It, yeah, definitely uh, piques my interest here. Uh, is just something to try out because I've definitely heard good things about the F1 series from folks that uh, I know really love racing games. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, the fact that it's part of Game Pass, I mean, why not? Um, as as we end up getting to the things that we've played, there, there are a number of things on Game Pass uh, that I recently checked out. And I mean, I haven't put a ton of time into them yet, but um, they kind of fit into that category of like, I don't know if I would have paid for this, but I'm not like, I'm really glad that I've had the opportunity to, uh, check it out and see what they're all about because of game pass. It's such a great way that developers can get the word out, you know, because yeah, it's, people, it's, if people are playing your game, they're talking about it and exactly. maybe, you know, people, you know, PS4 people or people that are like to play games on steam you know these games a lot of these games are there too so they can yeah i'm sure it manifests in sales and they also get a little bit of money from microsoft so yeah definitely and i'm really i'm looking forward to what's hopefully to come with uh project x cloud stuff getting added to game pass yes um man it's it's very apparent that we like Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we like playing lots of games and it's a Game great Pass deal. is a it's great a deal. Great, yeah, it's I mean it's a really great way to be able to play a bunch of stuff on uh uh on Xbox and PC. And if anyone is curious who's listening to this, 
I promise we are not making any money <laughs> from talking about Game Pass. We actually just really like it. Yeah, I think that's a general consensus, though. Everyone's uh, pretty stoked yeah. about it. I mean, Everyone's I think, really I mad. Think, yeah, most people that actually um, subscribe to it, it's it's great. I mean, to me, it's uh, it's the only real equivalent that I have to like going to the video game rental store on the weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I used to when I was a kid, so and so I, that like rental store kind of like rotating stock, like oh this game's going off a of Game Pass, so like it's checked out and I can't get it, you know, quote unquote. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, even for people, last thing I'll say on Game Pass, but it's yeah. just like it, the fact that it has a standalone tier for PC only too, because I there are lots of gamers I know that um, only have a PS4. Um, or only have a PC, so <laughs> that definitely don't have have never owned an Xbox. So I think that's a yeah great option. Yep. Uh, next thing I got on the list here is uh, there was a, what they're calling the Giga Leak, which um, I, I I don't know why uh, it is called the Giga Leak, but maybe maybe it's like Giga Bowser, but it's like really it's a Nintendo, but it looks like some source code from uh, various uh, N64 and uh, original Nintendo games as well. Um, It looks like the source code for Star Fox 2, Super Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, one of my favorites. Um, But the big thing, this is the standout thing, is that they found Luigi in Super Mario 64. He's always been there. Yeah, I mean, he's been there the whole time. And despite, you know, all the rumors that have come up, uh, he t- <laughs> simply, you know, of of how to unlock Luigi and Super Mario 64 that were all false. Um, somehow he's he's in there. He's in the game data. So they, of course, people have pulled the files out and reapplied the skin to Mario. So you can, I'm sure there is a way to play as Luigi in Super Mario 64. So that kid's uncle that worked at Nintendo that said that Luigi was in this game was actually right. Yeah, he wasn't a jerk <laughs> and he wasn't lying. You should probably call him up and apologize. So. Yeah. Or her. Man. <laughs> now, this is super cool. Um, I mean, I'm sure that uh, Nintendo didn't just open this up on their Google Drive for people to download. So it does kind of suck that it seems like there was uh, an intrusion. Um, but on the other hand, from a uh, video game preservation and history standpoint, I do think that it's cool that the source code is out there for for these games on these really old systems. Because um, now I wonder with, you know, was instead of doing ROM hacks, people could like legit create stuff, like create a new uh, Ocarina of Time or a new Mario Kart 64. Yeah. Um, and create new content without having to be hacky about it. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I love... I, like for for that kind of reason, I love when I see you know new releases for old consoles, like new games for the yes. N64 and such. I just I find that stuff so fascinating. So yeah, I still periodically see new games that are being made for the Dreamcast that you can even buy on like Play Asia. Wow, that's uh, uh and I'm sure you can get them awesome. other places too. But um, yeah, it's I, I I love seeing stuff like that where people are creating brand new content for really old 
uh, in dead systems. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorites is when they um, demade Halo for the Atari 2600. Oh, yeah, I remember uh, that. <laughs> I've played the heck out of that in the browser. So. Oh, that's too funny. Um, all right. So uh, last thing that I kind of threw on here as well as uh, Double Fine is celebrating its 20th anniversary. Yeah. And um, so congrats to them, one of my favorite developers. But they also have a Humble Bundle campaign where you can pick up a bunch of their titles. And I've already thrown my money at it, uh, even though I kind of own them all already. But that's okay. (laughs) Now it's just another version. Yeah. I actually, uh, Massive Chalice is on there. I tried that on Xbox. It's not my thing, but um, it was, I thought it was still interesting to experience. It was like a demo. You know, nice. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, costume quest. I love uh, Broken Age. I still haven't beaten to this day, but I, I will. I will go. Back. It's really hard once you get out of an adventure puzzle game to like go back in. Yeah. Um. So, because you have to kind of steamroll the progress that you've already uh, gone through. Um, Gang Beast, which I really want to play one day. Yeah, that looks really interesting. It looks like that'd be a lot of fun. And uh, full throttle remastered. I think we we had talked about too. So yeah, I was saying I remember seeing the uh, big uh, PC box for it in the stores when I was a kid. Yeah, the characters just seem so endearing, and that's I guess that's why I really like Double Fine's games. They're writing the characters they create. Yeah, um, and of course, Brutal Legend, which also is another. Yes. Movie. Oh my God, Brutal Legend. Um, admittedly, that's the one that I've played the most of out uh-huh. of everything that's in the list. Uh, and I, I, that, that game just totally struck a chord with me. <laughs> ah, nice. In a very good way. Pick of Destiny. Uh, and yeah, and I, I mean, I just, I really enjoy Jack Black. Yeah, I'm sorry. That that was I. I said pick of destiny, thinking that was a brutal legend reference, but that's a that's a tenacious it is Steve. it is tenacious Steve, but still, yeah. Same I mean, thing. he's <laughs> he's basically, yeah. I mean, it feels very the, the it almost feels like a spinoff tenacious Steve video game kind yeah. of. Uh, yeah, it's great. I love it. Um. Okay, so yeah, I mean, definitely go go throw your money. Everyone loves, uh, you know, filling up their backlog with with more games that they may or may never play. But you, you should play these, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, and uh, and Psychonauts as well. Yes, I'll need to finally check that out. All right. Well, uh, the next thing in the news is something I found and put in here. And this this uh, I don't know if it truly qualifies as news it's actually much more of a rumor than it is news Uh, but apparently the person who leaked the information about gta 5 coming to the playstation 5 um which that's a whole different thing um the the same person is also giving this information to the community uh saying something along the lines of liberty city coming to GTA online after the game launches on the PlayStation five. And I think that would be pretty cool. Um, I mean, that's, that's also something that people have been wishing for and has been a rumor for quite some time. So who knows how valid this is, uh, if at all. Um, but that would be really awesome to see. And then also, uh, 
rumors about Grand Theft Auto 6 and it taking place in Vice City, which is also another rumor that I have heard from other sources and or just wishes that the GTA community has. Um, But if this is true, then great, because this is stuff that people have been wanting. Uh, And if not, then I won't really be surprised because this is a rumor and uh, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt, but it's, it's fun. It's, it's sometimes fun to get caught up in some of the rumors. Yeah, and um, it, it looks, though, that there may be some uh, Liberty City content coming um, in the near future uh, as well. Uh, sorry, sorry, I didn't know if you mentioned that, actually, in, uh, just now. But um, I would I would really like to see that, just, even a, if, just to see maybe the GTA, even if they just took the GTA 4 map one and brought yeah. parts of it or... Um, all of it onto GTA Online, that would be like really worth checking out. Yeah, I mean, I, I that would definitely be another way to bring me back to spending a lot more time in uh, GTA Online. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time in GTA 4. Really, really love that game. Um, and I still do. It's just been a while since I played it. But yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome to have brand new content and have it in the GTA 5 engine, make it all new and shiny again yeah um but yeah so that's that's at least the the gta rumors that i saw um also recently there was a new update to animal crossing new horizons it's the second summer update uh, and it adds like fireworks uh a new dream feature which i can't remember the exact name of um but it allows you to visit other islands uh, when you go to sleep in your bed um, so that you don't have to intentionally be invited uh, or, you know, have a, a limited time frame for when somebody has their gate open. Um, it's a, I believe it's similar to, if not just like the feature that was in Animal Crossing New Leaf on the 3DS. Yeah, and uh, it's really great to see them keep rolling out content. I've kind of falling, fallen off of the Animal Crossing wagon uh, a little bit. Ooh, that reminds me. I have turnips to sell no matter what the price is right now. <laughs> I totally forgot. Yep, that's a sell those turnips. Um, but, I, I, you know, I feel like I'll get back to it. Um, I just, you know, need to feel like playing that kind of game, I guess, for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm sure you, just like I have, have put a bunch of time into that game already since it's been out. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I've also been slowing down on it, and I've really only been checking turnip prices every now and then when I remember. Yeah. But I haven't really remembered a lot this week because it's been a busy week. All right. Uh, so that's that's all I got about the new Animal Crossing update. Uh, also, since we last spoke... There was an Xbox event where uh, we got to see a little bit of Halo Infinite, an announcement trailer for State of K3, and then also another announcement trailer for uh, the new Fable. Um, and then one thing that came, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, uh, is I saw something that was announcing that the multiplayer portion of Halo Infinite is going to be free to play. And it is, it's also going to support up to 120 frames per second for the Series X version of Halo Infinite. Awesome. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's good, to, good to see. Um, and 
Interesting that it's saying free to play. So that's even going a step further beyond Game Pass. They're saying this isn't just on Game Pass, but yes, download and play. Oh, and you know what? I uh, I think I saw this. Now I'm well. This might be true. That uh, what is it? Xbox Live Gold is totally going away. Me- yeah. Like online is going to be free mm-hmm. for people on Xbox, and the only thing you would be paying for is Game Pass if you want if you're paying a monthly subscription. Uh, so it if this is true, which I believe it is, then that's really like Microsoft taking an extra step to really say like, no, we don't care if you play on Xbox or PC. You don't need to pay extra for one. We want you playing our stuff anywhere that you can play it. Yeah, so you're thinking that this may be confirmed or is a rumor. I know, I know that it's rumored for sure. That okay. uh, seems like the gold is is melting away. But okay, so then it's a rumor, and I'm I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't trying to state something as fact. Yeah, um, I mean that that may have been may, may have been stated. I just I haven't watched the event yet. Um, I will, but I just um, I, yeah, I thought that I had heard a rumor, so I don't know if that. If that means that it has been since confirmed or not. So, well, gr- grain of salt. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if that does happen, awesome. I think that'd be a really great idea. Um, and if it doesn't, I'm personally not going to worry about it because I'm, I'm, I think paid through sometime in 2022 with Game Pass Ultimate, which includes gold. Um, yeah. Because I, I like taking advantage of whenever I see it's like, hey, the six month is on sale for like 30 bucks. Uh, or wait, 30 bucks? Is that too much? I don't know. Whatever whatever the deal is, um, I like picking up uh, when I see that it, just to extend my Game Pass Ultimate. Yeah. Because um, I, I use it quite a bit. I know I'm going to keep doing it. Microsoft keeps adding more and more stuff to it. So um, they've got me as a customer on it for the next couple of years. So... Hooray. The next thing I've thrown on here is, um, so since just over a week ago, the uh, Switch uh, got a version of Crisis. So yes. the Switch can run Crisis. It's it the, can. The, the question has been answered. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's really uh, interesting just to kind of see, you know, some of the uh, things that they've kind of changed about this version. And um, there's, there's like one mission that actually was cut from this version of the game as well as oh, the, really? um, yeah, as well as the console version, there's a um, like, it's basically a PC exclusive sort of mission where you're in some sort of aircraft flying around. I haven't played the game. I don't know, but I heard that, um, it just that kind of scale, I guess, wasn't easy to translate in that engine for some reason. But, um, but it, it does. It is step a step closer to the PC version as opposed to the last console versions, the uh, PC, PS3, and Xbox 360. We got last generation, so they're kind of moving that way. And and uh, Crisis Remastered will also be coming to PC and Xbox One and PS4. Awesome. Um, do you think you're going to pick up crisis on the switch? Um, maybe eventually, I don't know. Um, I have sometimes had a tendency that when I finally pick up a game, I've picked it up on the switch and get like objectively the worst 
quote unquote version of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least the worst visual version of it. Um, but I also feel like in, uh, I don't know. Well, I guess pre 2020, uh, when I was traveling a lot more, um, I did actually play quite a few different versions of games on the switch purely because that's what was with me. And that's yeah. what's so great about it. Um, but I don't know if I have a plan to play crisis anytime soon. Cause I want to, I'd probably pick it up some like something on my PC yeah, um, or some, or somewhere else. Cause I'm not really going anywhere anytime soon. And, uh, <laughs> this is true. There was a time when I was more on the go and it was much more likely that I would finish a game if it was on something that was portable, whether it's my phone or my switch or something like yeah, that. But I, I've been saying the same thing about since I've been playing persona five, um, though that's not in my what I've been playing later. I guess that's spoilers. Um, mm-hmm. But it's funny because I, for the longest time, I didn't want to start playing Persona 5 because I was really trying to hold out to see if they were going to uh, release a version for the Switch. So since March <laughs> and not really going anywhere, I started playing Persona 5 again on my PS4 because... Uh, I mean, I'm not going anywhere, and uh, I can also, if I do want to play it handheld, uh, I've done this quite a bit, actually, where I'm sitting on the couch or I'm in bed uh, before going to sleep and then doing remote play on the Vita and playing Persona 5 that way, uh, which is also a really great way to play it um, if you have the means. So, um, yeah. So a lot of the bigger games that I'm like, I wish I could have it on a handheld haven't really mattered as much this year to have it on handheld. No. Yeah. My switch is collecting dust, but I am trying to play more ring fit adventure. Uh, At least I've been thinking about it just to, yes. uh, Yes, I've been thinking (laughs) about it too. That's about as far as I've been recently. Ring fit adventure has become the gym of video games. (laughs) Yep. Um, and then uh, the last thing that we have here in our news list um, is a, about another thing that's uh, going to be going free to play, which is Rocket League. And that is going to be an Epic Game Store exclusive free to play game um, and exclusive with the uh, asterisk next to it, meaning if you already own it on Steam, you're going to keep being able to play it there. I believe you're going to continue to be able to play it on all of your consoles where you own it. Um, but yeah, no, no more buying it on steam, no more buying it anywhere, which I guess, I mean, in the respect that it's going free to play, I guess it's good that you're not buying it anywhere, but, um, I know that that's going to be kind of frustrating to some folks that really just want to have everything in one launcher. Now things are going everywhere. Um, but still, I think this will be a nice way to, kind of boost the community again, let the 15 people that have never played Rocket League before, (laughs) let those people play it. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Any any thoughts you have about this Um, news item? It poses an interesting question. If I can keep playing the Steam version, do I install the Epic Game Store's version because it's cheaper? Or, um, I mean... Or not cheaper, but free. I mean, like that's it's, it. Doesn't really matter. So yeah. Um, either way, I'll probably you know keep playing Rocket League. I, I would not be surprised if they incentivized you playing over in the Epic Game Store, mm-hmm. like 
by way of like, here's a free hat or a free something, some type of set of cosmetics that's like, if you play it in the Epic Game Store, then you get all these cool things or you get this exclusive car or something. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that too. Like they've got to add some sort of bait to it to want to play on the, you know, not play on steam for those who already own it but yeah i guess we'll uh we'll see here it's a, i love rocket league it's one of those it's my i don't know it's my favorite like twiddle my thumbs game because yeah you know i don't really have to think about what i'm doing but it is pretty engaging so um yeah it's a great game yeah i mean and the first time that i that i got to experience it was it was also free and I'm air quoting again because uh, it was part of PlayStation Plus. So since it was part of my subscription, you know, I got it free with the subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also, I probably wouldn't have played it otherwise. Like I actually, I guarantee I would have not purchased this game if I had not had the opportunity to play it first. Um, so anyway, it's a great game. Yeah. Okay. Well, that concludes the news. Uh, Shall we dust off the time machine and go back in time to 1998? It is time. I want to play that that new game, Half-Life. Okay. Um, All right. Well, then let's hop in the time machine. Boop, beep, boop. (laughs) We're going back to 1998. And cue in the noise of the time machine. And we have now arrived to 1998. Um, So now that we're in 1998, it's very obvious that Furbies are a big thing. Uh, There's something about Mary and Saving Private Ryan are doing really well in the box office. Britney Spears, uh, you might have heard of her. She has a brand new hit on her hand with Hit Me Baby One More Time. Uh, Titanic is the highest grossing movie of all time. Pokemon is just taking the U.S. by storm. Uh, Bill Clinton is denying having sexual relations with Monica Lewinsky. Harrison Ford, of all people, is the sexiest man alive, according to People Magazine. And we sadly say goodbye to Seinfeld as it airs its last episode right here in 1998. How are you feeling after this this trip through time? Wow, this you know this brings back some memories. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely a simpler time. Things uh, things don't seem so complicated. <laughs> no, um, no smartphones. Nope. No, well, I barely have had internet access at my home. <laughs> now there's a maybe here. <laughs> There's some pagers, you know, around those are pagers, big moneymaker at this time. (laughs) I'm a couple of years away from getting my emergency cell phone to keep in my glove box of my car with 20 (laughs) prepaid minutes. Wow. uh, Literally just for emergencies. So yeah, definitely simpler times. Um, But we are here not to, not to prattle on about all of the things that that are happening right now except for the release of half-life for the pc 
Uh, so Half-Life was released November 19th, 1998. It was developed by Valve and published by Sierra. And for those of you that may not know what the heck Half-Life is, uh, it's a first-person shooter game, and it was developed with a very heavily modified version of the Quake engine. And one of the things that was really unique about Half-Life at this time is the fact that the whole world is shown from the main character's perspective. And there's scripted events that are happening in the world that you're seeing from the main character's perspective only. And the reason I'm saying it like only is because basically up to this point, FPS games generally had cutscenes that were there to help move the story forward. And you're just kind of running through a shooting gallery and shooting everybody that's in this level without any real uh context drive or yeah or even context sometime i mean it's like you know in in different games you just find different things in the level you get to the end you see this cutscene, and then you just go and just keep shooting things mindlessly and then you get to the the last cutscene, and the game is over um so half-life was very different in that respect um it ended up outselling expectations. It was one of the most popular games of 98 and 1999. It received over 50 Game of the Year awards. Um, oh, I wish I knew. I wish I knew what scores it got specifically in like PC Gamer. Oh, well. Um, I can't. Probably 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Half Life 2 got 11 out of 10. Um, but wait, I don't know this yet. It's 1998, and I don't even know about Half-Life 2, so never mind. <laughs> um, so a, a large modding scene was also created based off of Half-Life and its success. Uh, there was one, one small mod that um, a, a few people liked. Um, it was called Counter-Strike. Uh, you you might have heard of this mod. Um, and of course, I jest about it being small. It's one, it, it, it probably is more recognizable than Half-Life itself, uh, but it was built off of Half-Life. And uh, I, remember, I remember those beta days. It was definitely a different game than uh, what it's become. Uh, but anyway, um, Half-Life also, uh, in addition to being on PC, it was ported to the Dreamcast, but it was actually never officially released. I do remember seeing advertisements for it, though, in uh, magazines like EGM or GamePro or whatever else I was reading at the time. Um, and then also the, the add-on content, uh, one of the... It's funny, I want to call it DLC, but it's not D, it wasn't DLC. DLC was still a long way from being a thing. Couldn't actually uh, download. The <laughs> yeah, uh, expansion is the right word. Um, so one of the expansions, Blue Shift, uh, I actually, until doing some research for this, did not realize that Blue Shift was developed specifically for the Dreamcast version of Half-Life, and it's only on the PC because it was canceled for the Dreamcast, and Gearbox, who was developing the port for Half-Life, developing, well, they also developed um, Opposing Force, the other the first expansion to Half-Life, and they also developed Blue Shift. So they ended up porting it back to the PC. Uh, so they, I'm, obviously, so they wouldn't lose that work. Um, 
but that's crazy. Like I had no idea until I was doing this that the Blue Shift was native to the Dreamcast and ported to the PC. I thought it was the other way around. Yeah, it, it is interesting. And and that has, you know, the Dreamcast version has since leaked and does sort of uh, exist out there. It is in a playable state if you can get your hands on it. Yes. Um, and uh, actually just last night, I, I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, I had uh, later this uh, Half-Life would be ported to the PlayStation 2. Um, but... I, I watched a video on Digital Foundry where they actually compared the versions between the PS2, the PC, and the Dreamcast as well. Um, oh, nice. And it's it's generally the, some problems with the Dreamcast. It seems like it was performance as it, it wasn't finished. So yeah, the frame they, rate they is, definitely didn't finish doing the optimization for it. Yeah, so it loads a lot more frequently and the load times are long. Um, and it seems like the frame rate is just probably about 30% loader, lower than whatever the PlayStation 2 runs at. So Got it. Like it's, um, but it was uh, really interesting to see. Yeah. Um, so in addition to being ported to the Dreamcast and the PlayStation 2, it has also since been ported to macOS and Linux. Uh, so you can pretty much play this game on uh well on almost any computer because the specs required to play half-life especially now are incredibly low Mm -hmm. um so yeah you you shouldn't have too hard of a time like i i've seen even people running emulated versions of half-life on an android phone so that that just tells you it's it's almost becoming like doom (laughs) regarding like but does it play Half-Life? Yes. Um, so at least that would be my my own version of, uh, but does it play Doom? Um, all right. So that's, that's at least a little bit of background uh, of just some of the history of the game. Uh, but the plot of the game, uh, also for those that are not familiar and without giving too much away, is you assume the role of Gordon Freeman, who's a physicist and works for the Black Mesa Research Facility. Uh, the game starts out with you getting on the tram when you're already at the uh, already at Black Mesa and you're late for work. Uh, pretty much everyone that you end up talking to until you finally get where you need to go is like, "Oh, you're late, Gordon. Um, weren't you supposed to be here a half hour ago?" Um, or something along those lines. So yeah, you're you're a physicist for uh, conducting an experiment. And when you arrive in your HEV suit, your hazardous environment suit, uh, then things kind of go wrong. You push this whatever like shopping cart looking thing into a beam. Uh, there's a big portal that opens up. There's aliens that come through. Uh, it gets crazy and gets real weird. There's these little head crab things jumping all over the place. They create zombies out of people. They try to jump on your head. Uh, and so you're dealing with all of this stuff. You're dealing with vortigaunts, these crazy, like green electricity shooting out of their hands type aliens, these weird looking dog things with a bunch of eyes over their face that all blink at the same time. Um, Barnacles hanging from the ceiling that try to grab you and suck you up and uh, bite your head off. Uh, you're dealing with all of this while simultaneously 
the government gets involved and they're trying to cover up the whole thing. So they're indiscriminately not only killing the aliens, they're killing, they're trying to kill you. They're trying to kill the whole scientist team. They're killing the security guards. So basically you against all odds are just trying to get the hell out of black Mesa alive. And that's, that's basically the plot of half-life is you're just, you're a, you're a scientist who's just having the worst day of work ever trying to survive. And it's clear that the, both the aliens and uh, the government have gravely underestimated Gordon Freeman's ability to uh, survive. Yep. <laughs> because uh, it seems like through like the latter half of the game, they're just trying to set traps to kill you, but it, it's simply not going to work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, that hev suit, man. That that really must do a lot to go to to have you go from twenty seven year old average dude to now you're running around with the suit and a crowbar and just cracking skulls. It's really goofy. It it almost reminds me of like the cops trying to catch the Dukes of Hazard, but just like, <laughs> <laughs> they just cannot stop this force. It is just too good. So. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, at least for the time, the AI of the the soldiers was so good. Like I remember uh, playing it when I was younger, and just like hiding behind a box, and then them like you hear their radio chatter, and then like they throw a grenade, and then it lands right in front of my feet, and just going like, "Wait, what?" And then boom. <laughs> Uh, it was definitely was not used to that uh, level of AI in an FPS at that time because normally in in FPS games all the enemies just like stand there and just mm-hmm. let you just mow them down and as long as you're trying to take cover you'll be fine but all of them just stand out in the open in Half Life they actually take cover and try to work together and they they try to flank you like it's. It's still, I think, even to this day, better than some AI in other FPS games that I've played that have even come out in the past like five years. Yeah, it was definitely challenging when dealing with like the sort of multi-corridor sort of areas. Um, and when they throw a few of these guys at you, uh, it, it definitely required a little bit of luck to actually beat them all, you know? Yeah. Oh, and I just remembered about the ninjas. The weird ninjas, like I don't even know where they fit into all of this. I guess they're they're government ninjas. <laughs> yes, yeah. I they're only in a few scenes, really. I, I if I yeah, I they, they right. yeah, they only show up a few times. Uh-huh. Um, but they're like invisible. <laughs> they kind of look like like Sam Fisher Splinter Cell, but then they go invisible. Uh, yeah, they're they're kind of a pain. In the beginning, or I mean, in the beginning, as in like the you know one of the first few times that you encounter them. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't really pop up again. It's it's it is interesting. They were there. <laughs> uh, so, um, what like what are your you know your memories and your general take of this game? Well, uh, having you know come from the future and having played uh, other games in the series, it's uh, really interesting you know, how uh, 
deep the series runs from this game. Uh, it's a lot of the the gameplay is is similar, even in in Half Life Alex to some extent. Um, later in the series, uh, yeah, the, the gameplay, you know, I I still think holds up. It's still fun, um, and you know, we played some multiplayer. Uh, earlier and that was yes which uh, you know i'm just gonna i just have to say i'm amazed that people are just on any given day are still playing half-life to this day and but is this this was your first time right yeah but i had a blast it was uh (laughs) it was it was just absolutely wacky and crazy and so much stuff going on it was just hilarious to see you know basically uh you know maybe i die to someone and then that person managed to kill someone else who at the same time killed them. So <laughs> uh, it was completely crazy. Um, the latter half of the game, a lot of people uh, kind of talk um, talk about as being the, the, the part, as you said, with pacing problems, the, um, the Zen uh, area. So that's sort of when you go, uh, you know, take the fight to, uh, to the aliens and you actually uh, open a, a portal to go to their world and stop them from attacking earth. Basically um, there were some areas where I had like basically a small amount of health and it took some trial and error. And basically I had to do like a perfect run to get through some areas. Just, yeah. That, that section with like the flying manta ray things and Zen. Yeah. Yeah, and just barely ink out with, you know, I thought it, you know, with just like 15 health, you know, <laughs> like just just enough yeah. to like clear the area. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting because, you know, you can kind of, if you waste too much ammo or lose too much health, you could end up in a situation where your save is almost bad at that yeah. point. It's very difficult to make it out. Yeah. Um, the game still looks pretty good. I think, you know, it definitely looks classic, but, and of the era, but you know, there, the game has been since updated with HD textures, which look a lot, uh, yeah. look a lot better, look fine. Um, I'm just honestly happy that it, you know, runs at 16 by nine at 1080p on my monitor. You know, that's. Yes. I, I definitely remember. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think maybe like, 320 by 240 is maybe what I ran it in for the very first time when wow. I first played Half-Life. May I mean maybe up to 640 by 480, but like definitely the first time I played it, I was using like software resolution um un, until uh I ended up getting uh access to better hardware. Um yeah. So any do you have any other Thoughts of anything before I kind of spew out some of the the memories and and thoughts that I have because um, I I played this when this was new so um, it's it's it strikes a chord with me. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know um, I I just gotta say you know if you're if interested where you know FPS got started and back in this era where games you know kind of spawned other games in a way right so we saw with doom and quake how um they they basically uh allowed you know develop they inspired developers they used the tools that were there and they kind of crafted their own experience so um there's like 
some crazy maps that you can look up online that show like sort of the etymology of these games, like where they, where like all these games came from starting from doom and how they spider web out to all these games that we're still playing today. They're brand new releases. Um, You know, to some extent you could even say like, maybe, maybe like, um, like, well, I would say like Dota two, for example, you know, that's a game that's, you know, still, uh, I, I believe is running on Source Engine, <laughs> which is yeah. I think it's actually running Source Two. I think it was the first thing to run Source Two. Yeah, so it's just kind of interesting that how the Source Engine, um, you know, uh, came about, and with this game, um, <clears throat> though, actually, this game was the Quake Engine. Yes, correct. Yes, that's uh, I misspoke there, but. Um, eventually you know source engine was created and yes this game is ported to source as well the beautiful beautiful source engine for half-life 2 um but again wait i don't know this it's 1998 why do i keep talking about half-life 2 um all right well then for for my memories i i definitely did play this game when it was new Um, I didn't have a computer at my own house uh, where I was living with my mom and stepdad, uh, at least not until Half-Life had already been out for, oh, wait a second. Did I? Now I can't remember. My timeline is fuzzy. Anyway, um, I I initially started playing Half-Life at my dad's house uh, because my dad had a computer and he was a big gamer. And he, like, I saw him, like, I definitely watched him play this a little bit and thought it was really interesting. And he was like, hey, you should, you know, you should definitely play this and check this out. Um, So we started up a new game for me. And I was sitting out in the living room at his computer desk. And it was in the evening. So, like, he was watching stuff. I had some headphones on. And, like, I was playing through the beginning of the game. And it was at the time, especially like it was so tense because there was nothing like it. And to have to, to start off the game where you're totally defenseless for a while, like things are exploding. You've seen that there are alien enemies in your like close vicinity, but you have no weapon. And then the first thing you find is a crowbar and then that pops up with you holding it and you're like, wait a second, I have to defend myself with a crowbar? Like, this is insane. No way. There's like, what? I'm going to die. So I probably played up until the point, like, I don't know, just after you first start dealing with head crabs and you have a crowbar and like, it's, it's already like nine something or 10 o'clock. And my dad's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to bed. You can stay up and play. And I was like, nope, I'm saving and I'm going to bed too. There's no way I can be out here in the dark by myself playing this game. Um, I will play it tomorrow in the morning or in the afternoon when, <laughs> when it's totally bright outside. Um, yeah, this game like freaked me out at first, um, but I ended up, really loving it uh and with with everything kind of going on at that time with um my dad and his friends and then ultimately including my friends um we ended up landing quite a bit but before we or actually no the first i think the first 
time that we land, I did not have my own computer and we did it at, we did it at a business that my dad was doing work for with some of the other, with some of the other guys that worked there. Uh, we all kind of jumped on different workstations and, and actually the first thing that we played, which I'm going to diverge from half-life a bit was unreal. And that multiplayer kind of set the stage to create this, this land party loving friend group um, where we all then did transition to half-life and my dad did end up actually buying some additional parts and pulling some parts from some old, uh, some old computers. And one weekend, all of that was set up at the desk next to his. And he was like, Hey, if you want to play on your own computer, like here's everything, put it together. Let me know if you have questions. Um, so that, that also is really what kind of started me being into computers um, was just because I wanted to play games on them. Um, yeah, it was like a Celeron, uh, Celeron CPU. I can't remember all the rest of the specs. Like, it definitely wasn't anything amazing. It was a very budget build, but I was so stoked uh, that I had a way when I was at my dad's house where we could sit next to each other with our beige monitors and beige towers uh, and serial PS2 keyboard and mouse uh, and and play Half-Life. Um, so yeah, a lot of my memories from this game are uh, even more so than just the single player experience. It's all of the lands that I got to have with my dad and with his friends. And then ultimately, like I mentioned before, with my friends, where there was one particular land party. Um, and now you and now you have the context for the madness and what this is like since we were just playing uh, Crossfire. With, yes. Um, which also, for anyone listening, yes, like, uh, like Andy mentioned a little bit ago, there are still people playing Half-Life. Um, just the standard version of Half-Life on Steam. Vanilla Half-Life, yeah. No Half-Life Source or anything. Yeah, like that. I mean, you know, people st- in there still, there might be people playing on Half-Life Source and, and whatnot, but um, yeah, there are, there are people playing Half-Life right now because um, we were just playing with maybe 12 other people and it was absolutely insane. So anyway, having having a LAN party at my dad's house where it was hit some of his friends and then my friends and I all drove up to where my dad was living. Pardon me. And then we were hanging out in his garage. We're all yelling at each other, laughing, having a great time. And then the neighbor comes over and my dad's neighbor's like, Hey, what are you guys doing? Sounds like you guys are having a really good time. And he's being genuine about it. Not like you guys are making a lot of noise. Stop. But he's like, you guys are generally sound like you're having a good time. Like, what are you doing? Uh, so we told him, well, Hey, we're, we're having a land party. We're playing half-life. You know, you should play with us. And he was like, okay. So since he was so close, he, we didn't make him pack up everything and bring it over. We just we ran like a hundred foot network cable from the garage into his house, and as he was getting everything set up and installed, we actually ended up switching to this 
custom skin that we had all downloaded and kind of snuck in uh, to our matches that made you invisible. But we had banned this because, uh, you know, it's it's not very nice to do that. Um, but then we decided to have everyone pick the invisible skin so that all of us were invisible to the neighbor who then started playing with us. Um, we made it maybe three maps before he actually said something and he was a super good sport about it. He was like, it's like, so, um, is it intentional that I can't see you guys? <laughs> it's almost like he was, you were trying to pass off like his machine was broken or his install was bad somehow. Yeah. Or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially with all of us being invisible and him being the only one not invisible. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we we then like we were all laughing and we're like, yeah, we picked this invisible skin. Um, thanks for being a good sport about it. And then you know we went back to just picking regular uh, character models, but um, that was a super fun time. And it was also the thing that I really enjoyed um, about those land parties and about at least what what I always think about when I think about Half Life um, is is having that like as I smack my microphone, um, having that cross generational experience of like me and my friends that were, uh, you know, anywhere from, I think 14 to almost 17 for the time that we would land this. Uh, and then all of my dad's friends and like their mid to late thirties or forties, um, I think that was their, their age range. And it's weird that I'm like in part of that age range now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it was, I don't know. It, it was a, it was a great equalizer. Um, it didn't matter. Like we all equally just talked shit to each other. Um, it didn't matter that, you know, they were 20 plus years older than us. Uh, they also talked to us the same way. Um I don't know. It was it was a lot of fun and uh, a really really great time. And the only other uh, land memory that I think I'm going to share, unless I end up remembering something else, is uh, actually before this particular land with the neighbor happened. Because by this time I was actually pretty decent at Half Life. Uh, but early on with a lot of FPS games, I was bad on the computer. Like I was, I was good at GoldenEye during this time. Um, but mouse and keyboard, I, I just, I, I didn't, I, I don't think I was used to it yet. So like early on we'd be landing and I usually would be pulling up the rear. Like I'd be in last or very close to it. And there was one particular land that we had at my dad's friend's house, um, like probably about 20, 30 minutes out of town from where, from where my dad lived. And there was just something that clicked that day. Like I was absolutely on fire. And we generally played like first to, to 50 points, which is 50 kills. And... I had won. And not only had I, like, I didn't just eke out a win and have, like, have the next person have 49 kills. Like, I got 50, and the next highest person was at 40. 
So the fact that normally I'm usually close to dead last and then I got first, I kept that up throughout the day too, doing really, really well. Um, but that particular one, uh, I don't remember if it was my dad or his friend. They're like, holy crap, Matt, you just won. And I was like, yeah, by 10. Uh, so that that's still a thing that uh, comes up between me and my dad where just say by 10. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Uh, did did uh, you you stop getting invited to the land parties after that? Like, <laughs> no, that's that's when it began. Oh, I mean, I that's that's really like when it when it took off, and it was like, well, at least for me, it was even more fun because I actually got good at the game. Yeah. Um, and as you got to experience today, isn't it so thrilling to run around with just a crowbar when somebody's trying to kill you with? a shotgun or with a rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so incredibly silly, like how the game plays out, but it's, it, it's just mindless. You know, you just like, you just like grab anything like, Oh, I don't have a pistol. I'm just going to shoot this thing until it basically runs out of ammo or swing this crowbar until I die. Or until um, you run over some dead person's like ammo and weapon pack. And then all of a sudden you're firing a different weapon. <laughs> Yes, exactly. It's just like, it's so, it's, it's like has this random element to it. I had moments where it kind of like clicked and I picked up the rocket launcher and I felt like, like I had the lag time, like the ping timed out to yeah. where I could just like, I would fire off, like I fired off two or three rockets in a row, which I just absolutely nailed them with the rocket launcher, <laughs> like guided them, just watched their organs go flying. Uh, as I know. <laughs> I love the gibbing in that game so much. Just like bodies exploding. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the body disappears comical. replaced by a couple organs or like a liver that falls in the ground. Yeah. Like part of a rib cage and a bunch of meat on it. Exactly. So uh, it was, it was really fun too. I just kind of found myself getting sucked in because the particular server we were on did not seem to have a kill limit. <laughs> it's just no, they just like statically were on crossfire. Um, which on one hand that's kind of fun, but on the other hand, like I wish that they were would would have been rotating through, uh, so we could play stuff like uh, stockyard and gasworks. And all of the other map names that I can't remember right now, but man, like there's so much chaos because the maps are small. And if you get a decent sized group of people playing, especially if you're able to do it in the same room, just everyone just screaming, laughing and just like screaming at each other and swearing and having such a good time. Like that, uh, that is, that's the primary thing that I miss from lands. Uh, I think is just, just all that smack talk in the same room with each other. And also, especially if you're doing well and making people mad, it feels <laughs> so good when they're complaining, when you killed them. Like there, there've been so many times at land parties, just like I'm crying from laughing so hard. <laughs> at making people angry. And then when you're laughing and crying, it makes them even so like, they're so much more mad, which then creates more laughter and tears. It's this, it's this beautiful cycle. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. There's, you know, you don't, you don't get that feeling very often where you laugh to the point of tears. It's no. like, sadly, no. only games like this can I've, I've only, you know, invoked that a few times and that was, you know, playing Halo land on an Xbox or, yeah. or GoldenEye on the 64, even Conker's Bad Fur Day as well. <laughs> I oh, remember <laughs> having similar, but, um, I could definitely see it happening with Half-Life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the game has such like interesting weapons, like the snarks. Um, like they, those were even present in the, the multiplayer match that we were playing. Yeah. It's just hilarious. Just like, as soon as you pick them up, like, like tossing all of them out as fast <laughs> as you can and hoping that they're going to go attack or attack somebody else. But if they don't see anybody and you're still the closest in proximity, they're going to come back for you, Um, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, I think there was one situation where I had like, you know, 10 health uh, or six health. I was basically one shot away and like five of these things were chasing me, (laughs) just running away, just shooting my pistol at them. Uh, Yeah, Uh, and it's in the so in the right click. When you're doing the shotgun, when it fires two shells, is so devastating. If anyone is it was is within ten feet of you, you just like cut them down. Like they just <laughs> crumple to the ground. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I would I would play again. I would. You know that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's something that we should actually try to see if we can get uh, a small group to play. Because um, even though I feel like it might be a hard sell at first, because people are going to be like, "Really, you want a moment to play this twenty-two-year-old game?" Yes, um, that they probably already have in their Steam library. Um, yes, I do want you to play that twenty-two-year-old game uh, online because it's so much fun. <laughs> and I, I think I saw that maybe maybe it was the source version, but on Steam there was a dedicated server like application that you can download. Yeah, I, so. I've actually been thinking about running a like if we do end up doing something like this, running a dedicated server version on my Mac, yes, uh, and then joining uh, from my PC, um, as long as the latency would be low enough for everybody else too, because obviously my ping would be like five or less. Yeah, I think it would be doable. I think just the fact that we're all in the same area, but I and think- also, I mean, we technically wouldn't even have to run a dedicated server. Um, no. You can you can just start up a server uh, that you're running as the client as well. I see. Um, okay. Or you know, anyway, yeah. It just well, I, I guess it should be fine. I mean, I'm running a brand new computer, and I know that yeah. I used to do it back in the day. Oh, and that that reminded me that um, so I used to every now and then with my cousin. Um, who I think really primarily played video games because I did. And I just kind of like was like, hey, let's play video games. <laughs> um, I got him to install Half-Life on his computer. And he like he only lived across town from me. But there was no way he was going to be able to take his computer to my house and uh, vice versa. So basically, I learned a long time ago how or I mean, sorry, a long time ago. Yes, it was a long time ago. Um, But I learned how to have him directly dial into my computer with his modem so that we could essentially just play a LAN game uh, of Half-Life 
just you know just one v one um but that was that was also super fun um I just found so many different ways to get so many people to play this game with me uh because I love it so much um and I love it so much it was uh the very first tattoo I ever got was the half life lambda uh logo with a little you know circle around it and everything yeah it, it- Reminds me of when we were talking about Mario Kart, how you uh, got your stepsister into playing with you yeah. on <laughs> just because you yep. need someone to play with. Man, when I was a kid, I just tried to get any and everyone to play video games with me. Like I took, <laughs> I took my consoles to everyone's house, like just going over like two hours. I'm like, cool. I brought my super Nintendo. You want to play super Nintendo? <laughs> like, uh, I guess so. <laughs> like, great. We're playing Mario Kart and street fighter. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if I've got anything else uh, while we're here in 1998 and talking about Half Life. Um, hmm, I think that's it. Anything else from you? No, I think uh, you know. Unfortunately, it may be time to go back to 2020. All right. Well, let's not think about it too much (laughs) and uh, step on in that time machine. All the beeps and boops. All right. We have now arrived back in 2020. Uh, And now that we're here in 2020, we can talk about the things that we've been playing since we last recorded. Um. I mean, we both were just playing some uh, some Half Life Deathmatch online, which was pretty dang awesome. Yeah, yeah. I I'll, I think I'll be returning. So <laughs> yes, we should definitely do it some more. Yeah. Um, let's see. Do you want to do you want to start off with something? Or I mean, I know I've got I've got a crazy list, but I'm gonna condense them. Okay. Um, well, why don't you start with a chunk and then uh, I'll start with a chunk. <laughs> all right. Um, well, then this chunk is all Half-Life related. Um, so in addition to the bit of multiplayer that we were just talking about, um, I did also play some of Black Mesa on PC or also, as I have it written here, Black Mesa Source, because uh, that is what it used to be called if it's now just flat out Black Mesa. Um, so we played a bit of that, and that's also, uh, I think, a really great way to experience Half-Life if you never have. And if like, if for some reason you, you really just can't get into the original version of it um, because of the engine or whatever, um, I don't know, for some people it, it feels harder to go back to older games uh, for some reason. Um, I mean, I, I definitely have my, my feelings... Uh, well, I have some feelings like that about different games. Uh, definitely not this one, but Black Mesa is a really great way to experience this game, um, especially because I've played the original one so recently. It's so cool to see the way that they've completely rebuilt Half-Life uh, in the Source engine, and it's much better than just straight-up vanilla Half-Life Source. Um, so in addition to a bit of Black Mesa... I also uh, just spent a little bit of time in Half-Life Alex uh, in VR. Uh, I didn't really do any of the campaign as I've been playing it recently because I've already played through the game twice. Um, love it. Think it's phenomenal. 
Um, but I am incredibly biased because like I said, I even have a half-life tattoo. So um, I, I am fanatical about these games. Um, so anyway, <laughs> love them. Uh, and then, very, and lastly, because we were also kind of talking about Half-Life on the Dreamcast and how it is playable, um, even though it wasn't officially released. So for anyone who knows how to search for things on the internet uh, and you own a Dreamcast, you can definitely find a way to play Half-Life on the Dreamcast. And that is also what I did uh, a few days ago. Set it up here on my desk, connected it to... Uh, my monitor, and was able to play with the Dreamcast keyboard and mouse as well. So even though Half-Life on the Dreamcast in the menus, it doesn't mention anywhere that you can actually play with a keyboard and mouse. If you have them plugged in, um, like I had a controller plugged in to port one, and then the keyboard and mouse, keyboard was in two, mouse was in three. I don't know if the order matters, but that's the way that I played it, and it worked really great. Um, I mean, to the point that, you know, you brought up before about it not being optimized, therefore is a little bit more choppy. That's definitely true, but it's super fun to be able to play uh, this game or, or the version of this game that was never officially released also in a very niche way with a keyboard and mouse on the Dreamcast too, uh, which there weren't a ton of games that supported the keyboard and mouse, so it was nice to play one of the few games that actually did. Um, so, yeah, those those are at least my, my Half-Life chunk of stuff that I played. Um, oh, the thing that I didn't mention about Half-Life Alex, though, I did, so the, the workshop content is the stuff that I played. And I was playing a couple levels from GoldenEye that have been remade in like as workshop content for Half-Life Alex. So kind of playing like playing a different old game in a new game. Yeah. Uh, and getting <laughs> to do it in VR. Um it's yeah, it's super cool. So anyway, I will hand the conversation over to you for uh some of the stuff you've been playing. Yeah. So um actually I have an update as as of even last night, um, I played some StarCraft II, and nice. I played with some some buddies, and we actually got, um, you know, we, we started queuing into 4v4, and we we did our placement matches for 4v4, which probably, so, okay, it's 2020, probably the last time this has happened was probably like 2017 or something like gotcha. that. It's like, we used to play this game all the time. And then for some reason we stopped one of my friends who was key um, in why we played this game. He uh, didn't have a PC that could run it anymore. So, um, but that has changed recently. So we've kind of dusted off the of Starcraft two and started playing again. And God dang it. And, you know, just when I thought I was out, I got dragged right back in. <laughs> sucked and back in. Yeah, exactly. It's and it's it's really addicting. It's just I, I really like kind of the strategy and the way that it makes you think. Um it's not as stressful as I used to play um when I when I was a little younger when I was playing this, but um because I can kind of like learn how to relax and just make decisions and just do it rather than you know wrestling with it. Um, 
but yeah, we had a lot of fun. We actually went on a bit of a win streak. So we base, we were uh, going to get off around 10 o'clock, but then we started winning. So we vowed to play until we lost. And <laughs> about an hour later, that happened. So <laughs> Wow, nice. Yeah. yeah, so, well, you know, each StarCraft game goes on for like 15, 20 minutes or so. So um, we placed in gold, which is like, like gold three, which is just basically low gold, which is... um. It's not great. I think we we are better placed than that, but it's you know uh, we definitely just can't take on a platinum team. So, uh, for for reference, the rankings go uh, bronze, silver, gold, diamond, uh, master, and then grandmaster. Uh, grandmaster is like I I think like master is like top ten percent, whereas grandmaster is like top one percent so there's like a big difference between those two so yeah it's it's a trip so we'll keep practicing keep playing and i think we will get better um but yeah i think we we managed to get through it without too much arguing so that was cool nice um i'll probably be playing some 1v1 later because i do need to work on my game (laughs) um Heroes of the Storm was a, a game that kind of took the place of StarCraft for me for a while. So I was playing this a lot in like 2018. Um, and uh, we had a, like a lot of fun with it, but um, it was definitely just felt more chill than StarCraft, but uh, like we could actually talk and have a conversation and not really worry about it and, yeah. and still have fun, um, but still kind of scratches the same itch. But we ended up, uh, I, I kind of got a bad taste in my mouth for this game because we went for a little bit of a losing streak the last time I played. So um, yeah, that's it was hard. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh man, that feels terrible. I don't want to feel this way anymore. I'm not going <laughs> to play this game. So, <laughs> uh, and then the last in my Blizzard quarter, there's a little bit of a theme here, but uh, is been playing some Overwatch. Um, you and I actually yes. have. We play this about once a week, I found, actually, once or twice a yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, I think at least, and then I actually was also playing some by myself last night when I saw you were playing some StarCraft. Mm. Um, or StarCraft 2, rather. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I also, uh, I, I don't know. I just, I I love this game. I mean, I feel like it's it's one of the, one of the greatest team-based uh, quick fix type multiplayer games um, and I feel like, you know, you can have such a, a different experience with the different characters that you decide to play as and uh, different classes that you decide to queue as. Yeah, I've probably only played of like maybe 30% of the characters that are like... Yeah. Um, definitely need to play more. Yeah, I mean, I, I've there, there are a lot of DPS characters that I've never really played because the queue times are so long by comparison to support and uh, tank. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and, and I mained Mercy for a very long time, uh, like pretty much exclusively only played as Mercy for a number of hours, but uh, definitely branched out. Like, I, I like playing quite a few different support characters. There's at least three or four different tanks that I now really enjoy playing as. Um, and then on the off chance when I queue as all three that I actually do end up playing support, um, really only have any experience with like Farah. Um, and who else am I not thinking of for support that I play? Um, Moira. Oh yeah, sorry, that's support. I meant and I meant you're right, and I meant to say DPS. Um oh. uh, cause Farah, and then dang, I don't remember who it el- who else it is that I 
occasionally play. I think it's because it's been so long since I've played yes. uh, DPS that I really can't remember who I would play as. Um, but yeah, it's such a such a fun game. Yeah, yeah, it's um, I, I just smitten playing it usually, you know, and it, it also just has that same Blizzard game characteristic. It doesn't feel good to lose, and it feels great to win. Um, somehow, I, I don't know how they bottled that formula and able to sell it, but it's <laughs> yeah, amazing. yeah, and um, I, I also I do really enjoy the. Um, and I keep forgetting what they're called. Is it is it an endorsement uh, or? Yeah, I feel like I need to look this up. Doesn't make for a very great radio to have to Google search something. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, at the end of the match, when you can press N on the keyboard, uh, at least on the uh, PC version, it is the endorsements. Endorsements. Okay, called. good. Yeah. It is. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I also really love that you know you have endorsements in the game, um, and a, as often as possible, I like giving people on my team that have been playing well the shot caller one because it's you know at least whenever I get it, it's a nice little hit of dopamine. Um, so I really like to to try to be positive in that game because there's there's enough negativity in games that uh, it's just. It's rather unfortunate. Yeah, you do a great job of that. So I think it's uh, it's good, and I think it's you know important to tell people, you know, good job. And uh, I like to kind of give two endorsements to my teammates. Like you did a good job, you did a good job, and then someone else on their team who is either particularly annoying or bested yeah. me. Um, I love to say like, all right, sportsmanship, you, uh, yeah, good job. You made life hard for me. That means you were doing good. Uh, yes. And uh, whenever I have a, a very unfortunate map where I feel like nobody on my team played well, um, I keep that to myself. And then I just endorse, as, then I do all three endorsements to people on the other team. Yeah. Because um, I'm like, well, <laughs> I can at least say you three played very well. <laughs> maybe me and my team not so much but you guys did a great job yes. so yeah like to like to try to keep the positivity going as much as possible in uh multiplayer gaming uh because it doesn't feel like it happens enough totally uh, yeah so let's see uh i alluded to some of these titles uh, before we traveled time in this episode. And I just kind of want to quickly mention three different games that I, like, I haven't put a ton of time into, but I have had some fun with, and they are all on Game Pass. Uh, and I played them on PC, even though I'm pretty sure all three of them are available on Xbox. I might be mistaken. There might be one that's only on PC and not on Xbox. But but anyway, the three games are Gato Roboto, uh, Carrion or Carrion. Again, I don't I don't know. Uh, C a r r i o n, uh, and then a game also called West of Dead. In West of Dead, the main character is voice acted by Ron Perlman. Um, so that's at least the interesting thing about that game. Uh, but Gato Roboto is a uh, kind of grayscale looking Metroidvania game where 
you control a cat that can jump in and out of a mech suit. Uh, and when you're in the mech suit, you're basically like Samus in Metroid. So it's, it, it, it reeks. Well, I guess reek is a bad word, but uh, to, to describe this, cause I'm, I'm not meaning anything negative, but I guess it is, it is dripping of Metroid. Um, it is, it is very, very Metroid. Um, and to me, that is a good thing. It's, it's fun. Um, I definitely want to take some time and get back into playing a bit more of it. Uh, and the game Carrion, I'll just, I'll just say it that way. Again, I don't know if, I don't know if it's right, uh, but Carrion, it's, you, you're kind of this amorphous blob of things of like goo from people. Um, you're this monstrous thing that you it's a side-scrolling type game and i mean it has some type of metroid-ish elements well maybe not i guess maybe that's maybe not quite i mean it definitely not it is definitely like maybe a hint of metroid flavor whereas like gato robato tastes just like metroid um <laughs> but carrion uh you get bigger as you eat these people in these caverns. Like I've gotten to a point where it looks like there's like a flashback to controlling this person. And I'm wondering if that person is this creature before it became the creature. Like if it's a, if it's a flashback of like what led you to becoming this weird blob of people, um, so anyway, it's, it's definitely interesting. Um, if this were not 2d pixel art, I would probably think that it looks disgusting. Um, but it's 2d pixel art. So it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and again, West of dead, it's a two stick type game. Um, you kind of traverse around. I think it's, I think it's a roguelike actually. Mm. Um, so I think it's procedurally generated. Um, anyway, also very interesting. Um, I had fun with a bit of time that I've played out of those three. I probably, I'm the most curious to see what happens in Carrion. I see. Um, and then next in my list would be going back to Gato Roboto and then West of Dead. Um, but nothing nothing is wrong with any of those games. It's just uh, my own personal interest was piqued the most in Carrion because it's the most different. Um, I feel like from different games that I've played. Uh, how was the difficulty in Gato Roboto, by the way? Uh, so the, what I ended up playing through, which is probably about 40, 45 minutes. Um, it wasn't too bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I died one time. Okay, cool. So it seems like, yeah, that's, I, I really do um, like sort of the Metroid uh, formula, but those Metroidvania games, I like the kind of the modern ones because the difficulty seems a little more balanced. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, you know, Metroid, those things, the original Metroid is a great game, but you will die often. <laughs> it's just yes. the, oh my God. the nature of the beast. <laughs> yes. the, to me, the original Metroid is not aged as well as all of the others that came after it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now you can play on your Switch and you can rewind time while you're playing. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it might be a, 
uh, interesting way to play Metroid. So I'll have to go back to that. Um, I want to talk about a game, uh, The Forest, that we started playing, which is um, sort of this uh, survivalist uh, crafting game. Uh, it has some story elements, but I think the the story is like, I don't know. It's pretty campy. Like you're, um, you lose your son. He's taken away by these cannibals. And that's, uh, I always hate when that happens when the cannibals yeah, take my son, when the cannibals take my son, but the, the son, the kid's name is literally Timmy. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, they took little Timmy. Yeah. They took little Timmy. So you got to get him back. Um, uh, but you know, the Island, I kind of like how the story is laid out because, it's clear that other people have been there and they've kind of leave these clues and these letters that you find. Um, so it kind of helps you sort of ravel in the mystery and it all kind of comes together pretty much at the end, like the last, you know, 5% of the story. That's kind of when you get your answers, like it's just all very confusing up to that point. So that seems like the draw. Um, but, you know, we just kind of spend a lot of time, uh, you know, building a base and defending it from the cannibals and getting food and supplies until you get like supplies enough to where you can start like exploring the Island comfortably. So it's kind of very naturally goes from, okay, I just want to stay alive to like, okay, I've got enough stuff to stay alive. Let's explore. You uncover more story. You get more gadgets in a way that allow you to explore more parts of the Island and um, until you explore it all. And then that's when the, end of the game happens so now is this like single player slash multiplayer with a limited amount of people or do you join like a large world where there are a lot of other people um it is sort of like a single player game it seems like at its heart that you can okay get you can play multiplayer if you want to so you can get other people in got um, it i think the game this common sentiment in my group is that the game is pretty frustrating to play alone, completely alone. But if you have a group, then you can kind of lean on each other to like, okay, I'm going to chop wood. You need, can you build this fence so that the fence actually gets built during that day? You know, got it. So kind of, um, and is this the game with like screaming naked people that are coming after you? Yes. Yeah. It's just, that's the one. It's, <laughs> it's cool. So it, I have seen videos of this then. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's creepy, but like, it's definitely not creepy enough to where like it would prevent me from playing it. Yeah. You know, I, and I don't really like to play a lot of scary games cause it can stress me out, but <laughs> yes. Half-Life is, is a scary game too. Yeah. Or at least it was. Um, well, cool. Um, let's see. The, I also have another like group of stuff. Because um, as I was excited about in our previous episode and mentioned that I had a Terra Onion mode on the way, um, it has since arrived. And I've put, uh, put a hard drive in it and installed, sorry, or I connected a hard drive to it uh, and then installed this in my Saturn. So uh, I've been playing... Uh, you know, quite a few Saturn games, more than just what I've listed here. But this is this is the stuff that, as I've been sampling things, that I actually like stopped and played, or have gone back and continued to play. Um, so I've been playing Don Pachi and Don Pachi. Um, they're both uh, vertical spaceship bullet hell shooters uh, made by Cave 
really, really great games. Um, it's the first time you're playing it, not emulated. Basically, it's on real hardware. Yes. So. Yeah, and um, yeah, because I've played also emulated versions of the arcade game. Because there's a little bit of visual difference between this version and the arcade game, um, but playing it, playing it emulated, it just uh, so far, at least there, there's too much latency in it to where like when I've, when I've actually played the game at an arcade cabinet and then have immediately like in the same day gone back and played it in an emulator, there's a huge difference, like huge, huge difference where, um, a year ago when I was, uh, at this, this arcade convention and I actually got to sit down and play this on an Astro city candy cabinet, um, like I, I spent as much time as possible playing this game because uh, it has become one of my favorites, and I was like, I was doing so well. At least for me, I, I mean, I'm nowhere near being able to one credit clear uh, the arcade version and difficulty of Dodonpachi. Um, but you know, I was getting like, I think I was getting to the point where I was able to beat the third level boss. And then I would die somewhere early in the fourth level. Um, so, in me, so being able to do that in the arcade and then that day going home and still being really excited about the game and then playing the arcade version on an emulator, like I would lose all of my, like all of my ships within the first level. Um, that's how different the, the display latency or the lag is. Um, when playing it emulated, at least the way that I was playing it. Now, there might be a better optimized version that I'm unaware of. Um, but anyway, so that's a long way to say that I've been very excited to be able to play it um, on the Saturn. And like, I'm sure that I'm still, because of my TV, dealing with um, input lag or latency, but um, it's still just really nice to be able to play the home console version of Donopachi since um, I previously hadn't played it because it's also a Jap- like Japan-only release. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also one of the great things about the mode is that it auto-region patches stuff for you or, or, or I don't know, I don't even know if it has to do that. It just doesn't care about the region and you can play it on whatever Saturn. So I've got uh, like the very first model uh, US Saturn. Um, so also on the Saturn... Another game that is of the same type uh, or in the same genre is Batsugan, which also is um, also is a bullet hell shooter uh, and super fun. Uh, this this also is something that I I don't know if I, I don't know if I ever played the arcade version. If I have, it was also at the same um, it was also at the same arcade convention. Um, but super fun, totally recommend it. Uh, and then also played some Road Rash, which I hadn't—I never really played this version before, except maybe like I think that I played it at the Good Guys when I was a kid, um, and the Good Guys was an electronic store. And yeah, I think I played just a little bit of the demo of road rash on the 3do there. And this is the same version if I'm not mistaken. So there's a lot of FMV cutscenes in it. Um, some like, <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what to say about the cutscenes other than 
it makes the game feel aggressively 1990s because um, the Saturn came out in what, like 95, I think. Um, so whenever this game came out, you know, it, w- it would have been mid 90s when Rotor Ash was released on the Saturn. And like getting fourth place in out of 15 in one of these races uh, is when I got the loser cutscene. And I might be embellishing it, but it might have been flipping me off and like going loser and like was just, yeah, it was just, it was over the top about it. And then also when you win, um, like it, it looks like it's potentially all of the development cast uh, <laughs> that, that are the people that are like the extras or even just the, 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 the air quotes actors um that are in these fmv cutscenes, uh yeah they're it's i don't know like the seeing seeing this version of road rash is like a time capsule of the 90s like in and of itself um so it's it's been pretty fun to go back and play and um i mean also i just i just like this version of the game um it's been a lot of fun and one thing that i didn't realize from from Road Rash, and maybe maybe it's only this way in this version. I have no frame of reference to the original version that was on the Genesis because I have Road Rash 2 on the Genesis. Um, but I didn't realize that it was all like in California, basically. because um, it looks like there's like there's a there's a peninsula map, there's a city map that I think is like San Francisco, uh, there's a highway one map. Um Sierra Nevada mountains. I think there's something in the redwoods maybe. Um, anyway, it's, it's kind of a cool look at something that was, I'm pretty sure it was developed by EA. If it wasn't developed, it was at least published. Um, and you know, they're, they're at a redwood city in the Bay area. So it kind of makes sense that they would have made this game or, you know, of their surrounding area so that they at least had some type of context, but right. Yeah. They just kind of took a look around for inspiration. So, yeah, and then the last uh, Saturn thing that I put some time into was Sega Rally Championship, and I don't think I'd played that since I've played it in the arcade. So it's it's definitely been a while, um, but it was a lot of fun. Um, no, no real frills, just uh, just a good racing game. Yeah, actually, that that looks really good. I was just looking up a little video. Looks like a lot of fun. Um. It reminds me of a game I used to play in the N64. I think it was Top Gear Rally. Yes. I, think it was I have that so. on my shelf behind me. I love Top Gear Rally. <laughs> that was a fun one. Oh my God. It's such yeah. like I I think I think it even may have reviewed not so well. Um yeah. I could be making that up. But man, like you could you could edit uh you could edit your car and create different um like designs for your car and like oh my god i was such a stupid like teenager <laughs> like i think i i created like a 666 design for my car it was like the devil like something super stupid that uh, a teenager would do yeah for some reason i don't i never owned this game um but i uh 
I <laughs> I rented it from from my local video store, not even Blockbuster, which um, at some point we rented a couple games and the store actually went out of business while we had the games and they just never called us for them. Um, free game? Well, not free, but yeah, I rental cost only games. Hooray. Yeah, I really would have liked it to have been Top Gear Rally. I can't remember if that was one of the ones that we got, but we definitely ended up with 1080 Snowboarding. That was one of those games too. Oh, so. that is oh man, that was such a fun game. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to look through the games because I I definitely ended up with the games from my my the N64 from my household from my stepbrother. But um, all right, so the last game that I've really been playing a little bit here and there was is Minecraft. It's just something that I can kind of been looking for an activity because I need to catch up on my podcast. I'm getting behind since I'm not commuting to work right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Minecraft is a great game to do it. And um, I'm playing kind of a, a weird way. Uh, for one, I'm running it on a server that I'm running locally in my house. Nice. And... Um, it's not a very powerful machine, so I it's actually running Linux just to kind of get closer to the metal and have yeah. less OS overhead. So there's that, but I'm also playing it on Peaceful um, so that there's no enemies, um, but also I'm still playing in survival, but not creative. So I still have to like gather the materials yeah. for things that I'm building, but um, I, I did find that one thing that's kind of interesting is um, I don't know how to how you would get string the like this seems like the easiest way to get string is to actually kill spiders they drop string yeah but if you're playing on peaceful there are no spiders <laughs> um so oh. the only other way to do that is to find like abandoned mine shaft and there are cobwebs there that you can destroy um and get string from them but string does like a lot of things so yeah <laughs> you kind of need string so that's something i've been playing around with um there's not really a whole lot to talk about it i'm just kind of building a city because um, I've seen Minecraft cities and, you know, I'm sure a lot of them have been done in creative and all that, but I just want to like see what I can build and design. I like something very relaxing about designing homes. I, yeah. It's like going back to when I was a kid and used to play in the backyard and build things out of sticks and <laughs> stuff like yeah. that. That's, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. I, I used to do that stuff with uh, Legos, especially. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, there were Legos too, for sure. Yeah. I know at my dad's house, I didn't have too many toys. So I just like would go in the backyard and play with like a couple action figures in the dirt. <laughs> so- Heck yeah. <laughs> do stuff yeah. like that too. It's good times. Well, I think that's uh, that's all I got. You got anything else like you've been playing? Uh, no, um, not really. I mean... Just uh, just the very, very small amount of Animal Crossing. And also, I'm gonna, like I said, I'm going to have to do that and uh, sell off the turnips that I have right now. Probably going probably gonna to have to sell for a loss, but oh well. I'm sitting on way too many bells right now anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, then I guess that's everything we've been playing. We've already traveled time. We've talked about the news. I guess that brings us to the end of the show. So this... This is where uh, I think I have decided um, what it is that we will have our next show about. And also, um, the reason I'm saying that for those listening is we've decided we're kind of going back and forth uh, every episode for who is picking what we're going to be talking about. Um, And strangely enough, Andy picked 
Half-Life, which is like one of my favorite series of games. So it's, it's like, I just got a freebie. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I think, I think I'd like us to play some uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pull and contain my excitement until next week. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and also just heads up for everybody. I'm not, I'm not saying that we're both going to be playing through and beating this game in the next two weeks uh, when we go to release our next episode and record and all that. Um, but at least put some time into it. I, I have beat this game. It's been quite a while. Um, so probably just going to be uh, playing it on the PC, playing it on the, the PS2, uh, contrast and compare a little bit. And then uh, see see what kind of memories I can pull out to talk about, um, since I'm sure both of us have memories of this game. Um, yeah, so that's something if if you all want to play along, and uh, you know, be part of this, be part of the one sided conversation that you won't be able to say, we won't be able to hear you, but um, we encourage you to chime in as well. <laughs> and I definitely haven't decided what version I'll be playing. It'll probably be a combination of a few. So we'll be talking about that. So any anything that this plays on, you know, yeah. if you guys want to play, don't be yeah. shy. That's uh, uh, that's all. That's also uh, one of the things that I like about picking some older games is, um, you know, we have the ability to play on so many different platforms now since a lot of these really great games have uh, continued to see the light of day and keep being brought forward so that you can keep playing it on current technology and current consoles and um, even phones, like you mentioned. It's crazy. Yeah, that's a, a great port on uh, iOS and Android for San Andreas. So. Yeah, just blows my mind you can play that game on a phone uh, when it used to look so real. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, all right, well... So we have that to look forward to next time. Um, and to everyone here, thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, you can subscribe to this if you haven't already on different services like Anchor, Spotify, Overcast, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and uh, Radio Public. There might even be another or more that are coming. I don't know. If we do add more, uh, then... We will add that to the outro spiel here. Uh, and if folks have anything that they're like, if your favorite client is not supported, um, let us know. And I guess, uh, I guess, I guess you could let us know by emailing podcast at uh, retrogametimemachine.com. And uh, we will be able to see whatever you send us. So hopefully it's something nice. Uh, that's, that's all I got. So, um, come join us next time and we'll talk about GTA San Andreas and whatever other games we've been playing between now and then. Bye for now. Au revoir.